Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful.com. A little bit of a different list in you, boy. Bare bones, bare bones, so to speak. Jimmy, tell the people where you are. I am in Turks and Caicos. Both which of is them? A, uh, how, how long have you been waiting to use that? It's all on the fly, Jimmy. Oh, good for you. So, yeah, I'm on vacation with my family. I'm staying in a villa in Turks and Caicos. And uh, I was telling Sean, uh, at any minute, somebody could stroll in here. I, I told them to, like, leave me alone, but someone might stroll in. So this is going to be a condensed version. I haven't had time to, to put a list together. I, like, tried to throw some stuff together in about 15 minutes and uh, haven't had a time time to watch all of Raw. What a week this is, Sean. But I'm I'm trying to do this, man. You know what I mean? I'm trying to stay with yeah. it. Well, let's go ahead and get to the list, the famed list. Now – this does – we have had some, obviously, scheduling issues. Denise was yep. off last week. I was off Wednesday. I was traveling Friday. Uh, we've got our regular teams back this week. But uh, list goes on will also be changed a little bit. Uh, we've talked about doing a special Fightful Select, uh, like a an abbreviated Q&A, so to speak, to kind of make up for that. But uh, yep. I've started to put together the Listen Your Boy Collector's Edition for Christmas, Jimmy. Is that right? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. have you showing off your LJNs. We're gonna have me showing off my DVD collection. We'll have yeah. the the Zach Ryder interview in between, and people will get a little dose of of listen, you boy, on Christmas. How about that? So you sure that you don't want to just do this Christmas Day like you talking to yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, because that's always an option. I mean, I just did an hour long Q and A of me talking to myself, so there's that. It's always possible. But yeah, I was telling Sean, maybe we'll do a, a – because list goes on. I, there's just no way I'm going to have time to do that today. So I told Sean, maybe we'll do a bonus Q&A. Yeah. Uh, we're thinking Saturday yeah. uh, later this week uh, in order to kind of make up for not having list goes on. And of course, that's for FightfulSelect.com. So make sure you check that out. I, I put together a list as quickly as I could. I've got like just a few little bullet points here, Sean. I did put together Stupid People. Uh, Ooh. and, uh, and we'll, we'll do some stupid people stuff and maybe we'll talk with stupid people. It looks like on YouTube comments, Sean, stupid people is winning. Yeah. I'm not surprised. There are like. lots of stupid people on YouTube. So 
<laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Let's start with Bray Wyatt because I want to ask your thoughts on his new custom-made belt because it's, it seems a little bit polarizing. I posted something on uh, Twitter responding to you, I think. You were asking for thoughts on it. And I, I responded and I said uh, something along the lines of WWE is hurting the development of their characters in favor of selling merchandise. Uh, and that's my opinion. And uh, some people on Twitter responded to me and said, oh, what about the Smoke and Skull belt? What about that? To me, it's completely different. And, and you know what I notice on Twitter a lot of the times is people try to make – they try to use an example that's not at all you know, equal to what yeah. you're discussing. But they're reaching, but they're trying. So – Bray Wyatt to me is not this era's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Steve Austin became popular, Austin 316, the t-shirt in the crowd, so he always wore whatever his new t-shirt was, a different character. Bray Wyatt is supposed to be this era's Undertaker. Did you ever see the Undertaker on television wearing an Undertaker t-shirt, going to the ring to cut a promo, going to the ring for a match, anything? And the answer is no, you didn't. Uh, it's so blatantly obvious that they're using Bray Wyatt as a corporate shill merchandise seller character when he's supposed to be this new scary, this era undertaker. They're using him to, show, to, 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 to sell merchandise. What are your thoughts? I don't even know that they made foam smoking skull belts back then. I don't yeah, even I'm not know, sure. I don't even know that they sold the damn things. Because yeah. replicas were not a big thing for several more years after this. There were the occasional people that would be able to have them, but I don't remember a foam-smoking skull belt. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm with you. I, I've said this often. Like These wrestlers come out always in – when they're not in their gear, in a T-shirt. Promote, like Dress like a human, man. Now, that being said, there are people that wear those shirts out, sure. I'm not saying people who wear wrestling shirts aren't human. I'm saying nobody wears the same thing on the same night every single week like that. Like people dress differently. I I about stood up and cheered a few months ago when Io Shirai, when she was a babyface, came out and did a moonsault and was wearing jeans because she wasn't scheduled to wrestle. Why right. why would she be in her gear? Why would she be in in her merch shirt? She was in her regular clothes. It made a lot of sense. I, yeah, they, and they do this a lot. Seth Rollins is was one of the worst too. Yeah, but now he's turning heel, so he's wearing black now. Yeah, you well, know? he's always but wearing I, black, but still. Yeah, I could even I could even accept the T-shirt thing, just because again, if you look back in the Attitude Era, a lot of them wore their wore their T-shirt back then. DX always did. Steve Austin always did. I kind of let that go. The fact that they had Bray Wyatt as part of Firefly Funhouse. Like he's going to make a big announcement, you know. I have something new to to, to add to uh, to the show here, and then he pulls out this sixty five hundred dollar. And I'm sorry, I'm sure people uh, are big fans of the guy that produced it. But it looks like a bag of shit to me. Looks terrible. And and I I can't understand why somebody would want to pay even six hundred and fifty dollars, let alone sixty five hundred dollars U.S. for that bag of shit. And the way that he he lifted it up, like this is a, a new you know feature on. I just didn't like the whole thing. I thought this is just very corporate, you know, merchandise shilling, uh, and the wrong guy should be doing it. And that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, at, at least it's not him saying, "Hey, go buy this" type of thing. But it, it he is, might as well. Have. He might as well. Have. It's very transparent. I'll say this: they're going to make their money back that they spent making that belt. At the very least, because th there will be some dopes that buy it. 
Yeah, that's cool. I saw some guy got heat on the internet because he was suggesting that like somebody's mother is going to buy it for them or something. He was suggesting about it the, was the it was Justin Bar. He said he he said something like that amount of money could promote a wrestling show these days and afford some really good talent, but that talent would want cash instead of somebody's mom's credit card. And I'm like. Quite frankly, one, nobody's mom is going to buy them this title. And two, <laughs> I don't give a shit as long as the payment clears. <laughs> like that's the thing. Yeah, and and you definitely should not generalize that way even though it was a one-off comment because it's it's kind of been proven that the wrestling fan base right now, even though it's smaller than it was 20 years ago, they're much more willing to spend money now. Yeah. Uh, and AEW was essentially created by that fan base. And I, I don't think that all those – that entire fan base had their mom buying them tickets. Yeah, you know what I mean? and I like Justin, so. but I, I thought that comment was way off base. Right, right. Okay. Well, let's move on to TNT because I want to get your thoughts on this. So they released a commercial, uh, and I'm sure it was a TNT-produced commercial, not an AEW-produced commercial. But they released a commercial in which for the first time they took shots at NXT by yeah. way of quotes from the media. One of them was – I remember Forbes saying something like AEW crushes NXT. The peak of wrestling uh, journalism, Forbes. What? Yeah, I know, I know, but they, you know, they always go for the typical. I know why they did it. Yeah, yeah, Bleacher Report, whatever. Uh, some people on social media I saw were saying, "Oh, this is so cheap, and how can they do that?" No, the ratings are getting to them. I have always suggested number two should always take subtle jabs at number one. That's always been my belief. I have no issue with it. Cody with the throne, I had no issue with it. I don't like what the Young Bucks do on being the elite because it's cheesy. They do it too often. It's redundant. Uh, so I don't care about that. But subtle stuff like the Cody and the Throne I thought was cool, and uh, I had no issue with something like a commercial. I mean, why not? You're you're number two. You're trying to catch number one, and NXT is WWE. So I had no issue with it. What are your thoughts on that? So did they really use a Bleacher Report quote? I saw Forbes for sure. Because if they did, uh, that would have been like WWE running a Raw commercial, and it's saying, AEW is a bag of shit from WWE.com. <laughs> Because <laughs> that is a, a Warner-owned uh, media thing, so I don't know if they did or not. But that would I'm that not would sure. that'd be hilarious. And that's what they should do. They should just get Bleacher Report to say whatever they want. I, I don't have a problem with it at all. I didn't have a problem with the nope. Billionaire Ted skits in '96. I didn't have a problem yep. with any of that stuff. I the only thing is now you got social media, so you have people magnifying it. I had people mad online at me. Because I said, hey, you know, AEW won in the younger demographics last week despite losing sizably in viewership. So that's a that's still a positive takeaway for them considering that the younger demographic is what attracts uh, advertisers. And people were like, oh, make up any excuse, huh? And I was like, you know what, guys? <laughs> All due respect to AEW, if NXT did $10 million, and AEW did a hundred thousand. I'm really happy because ten thousand or ten million people are watching wrestling, and that that's good for us. Like I I don't give a shit who wins, but to completely write off demographics as if they don't matter is weird because of the limited information we're able to get. We are able to see from that sample size how much of that is age. Age based, yeah. like we're not able to see a fair representation of how many people are really watching AEW or NXT, but we yeah. are able to see a fair representation of the age breakdown. And I mentioned here in the states, 
that Wednesday night before Thanksgiving is the biggest social party night of the year. And if uh-huh. AEW is doing well in that demographic, that demographic is less likely to stay home. Now, the week before that, you had WWE superstars all over the show. You got Survivor Series build and fallout. I think the next two weeks will be really a great indicator of where that falls. But if you're AEW and you've lost a couple weeks in a row, sure, go ahead and do this. Why not? Yep, I had no issue with it. I mean, obviously, they had the Survivor Series fallout. That, that was going to happen on this on this on last week's show. I think this week is going to be better uh, gauge as far as where things stand. But the demo means everything. It really does. I mean, especially when the viewership numbers are this close. If you look at the ratings that come out every week, there are a lot of new shows, you know, like on say Fox News or something, that do double the viewership of Raw uh, on an average week double, and yet they fall way down in the ranking list because they skew old. Uh, and advertisers yeah, they got, they got the my pillow guy promoting on their show, and that's it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Ra- uh, the demos mean everything. And don't, don't get me wrong. If AEW was doing a hundred thousand viewers, NXT was doing a million viewers. Uh, but NXT's viewership was all over fifty, and AEW's was you know all in that in that sweet spot. Yeah, a hundred thousand viewers isn't good for sure, yeah. but a million viewers when they're all over fifty is not good either. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you definitely the, – the, the, the demo was very important, but the viewership is a decent gauge as well. But uh, yeah, that's why they rank by demo. I mean there's a reason that they do it. So uh, what's up with AEW being investigated by the Maryland Athletic Commission? <laughs> Athletic commissions are a joke when they yeah. regulate pro wrestling. I've spoken about that. The fact that yeah. – like for example in Kentucky, if my wife wanted to train to be a pro wrestler, she'd have to go get licensed before she takes a bump. And with that license, she has the same rights as Randy Orton, who was wrestling in this state 20 years ago. That's that's a money grab. If you're regulating events, that's fine. That's kind of what was going on here. Just just them looking into what was allowed, what wasn't allowed in that Lights Out match. But, hey, I mean, it wasn't sanctioned, Jimmy, so... So yeah, you know, I'm, you know I'm a fan of that, too. You but Chris Cruz being a little rat about it, Calling up the commission. Hey, sir, uh, have you heard? Man, that's mm, an appropriate level of shit was given to him for that. All due respect to Chris Cruz. But when you're calling, you're dialing up the athletic commission saying, oh, man, got one for you. Athletic commission, have you heard about what that AEW is doing? Oh boy! Sorry, I got a sneeze coming. So if it if it hits, I okay. apologize. Yeah, okay. It's on the way. Sneeze. Do it. it. God damn it, pal! We don't <laughs> sneeze around here. I know. That's why I'm trying to fight it. You're trying. Uh, I used to back in the day. I used to have to deal with the Ontario Athletic Commission all the time back in the day. Uh, they they required that wrestlers be licensed. They required that the events be licensed. They required that the events be insured. Uh, and then they required a percentage practically as a kickback. I think yes. it was 2% of the gate had to be kicked back to the commission on top of everything else. It was the biggest crock of shit. We had always heard rumblings back in the, in the day that WWE had a sweetheart deal with the, with the commission mm-hmm. and that they were running Rogers Center or Sky Dome or uh, the Air Canada Center, whatever. They were running all these big venues on a regular basis when even the smaller promotions didn't want to run because we always heard that there was something going on with that. But uh, now that it's no longer part of the Ontario Athletics Commission, it's just so much better for the for. I mean, it, it really is entertainment. Yeah, it's sport, but it's entertainment too. 
And uh, and it was such a cash grab. There were shows where we could draw a good house and still lose money after insurance, after that two percent kickback, after everything else. Uh, the, and the, uh, the insurance thing, I'm a little torn on. I get it. You don't want people getting hurt and all that stuff. But regulating individual pro wrestlers is stupid. Regulating events, having to get a license, that's good. I like that. Uh, but like in Kentucky, it's it's so ridiculous, so ridiculous. And you know, I, I've had some people in the commission make some okay cases about it. But mm. when as soon as I bring up, hey, well then why are individual wrestlers regulated? They are always like, oh, to each their own. And I'm like, no, it's not a to each their own. It's a fucking money grab. When you're saying, oh, absolutely. When you're saying, hey, by the way, go get your blood work done. Uh, pay that hundred and twenty, hundred and fifty dollars for that doctor's appointment. By the way, throw us twenty five bucks just to stamp this license. That's a money grab. I believe yep. that there were some measures taken for safety, uh, but the individual wrestler licensure is not it. Yep, I agree. I mean, but in in Ontario, you know, you go to some of the local stores to get a fishing license, you know, and you pay like fifty bucks a year for a fishing license. Getting a pro wrestler's license was essentially the same thing. You just basically paid some money and got a piece of paper. You know what I mean? I, I think it was absolutely a cash. I grab. think there's a situation in regards to the fishing licenses. You have to get a Kentucky fishing license if you're in Indiana fishing into the Ohio River. Really? Because the Ohio River is technically a Kentucky property. Interesting. Or at least that part. Of it. So, you see, you learn new stuff on listing you boy too. All the you know time I mean? we, tell we tell stories. We tell stories. Education. Dude. <laughs> we tell stories, yeah. What's the latest on Moro Ronaldo? He's coming back for AEW this week. Yeah, it looks like he's coming back. I had mentioned on FightfulSelect.com. Make sure you guys subscribe. It's the most direct way to support us. That uh, Corey Graves had reached out to Frank Shamrock last Monday, and that that conversation went well until Corey Graves asked about Moro, and then Frank Shamrock got really aggressive and started to demand apologies. And yeah, I... I don't know how exactly things have went. I had a lot of people sending in the tip. Oh, Morrow's calling boxing Thanksgiving night. That's a good sign. That was from nine months ago. Carlos Toro yeah, shut I saw that, that down real quick. Uh, mm. There were like wrestling websites that picked up on that. And I got the tip so much, I sent it to Carlos and said, please look into this. I'm, I'm a little busy. And Carlos said, that is not a new event. We covered that nine months ago. Uh, so good on him. That's cool, and so Morrow's returning, but apparently one guy that's not is Dio Madden. Is he just going to go full-time in the ring? I saw he posted on Twitter. He was kind of suggesting that he wants to retire Brock Lesnar now. Well, so I what's the story on that? I doubt he's going to retire Brock Lesnar, but as I mentioned, he's a, he's a big dude. He's 6'7", yeah. 280, and he's 28 years old. He's a young guy, and mm -hmm. just after working a pretty regular schedule, I mean the guy has – Hasn't wrestled since August, but he's wrestled like 40 matches this year and just mm. was pulled from in the ring. I don't know if he was hurt. don't know what exactly happened there. But he – I'd i be shocked to hear if he would just want to abandon all that. Like he's he's a big dude with some upside. Like the best mm. is yet to come. He was a highly touted prospect coming out of Booker T's school, former NFL player. It makes a lot of sense for him to give the in-ring a try. And as I had mentioned – at the time he started with Raw, he was the youngest full-time Raw commentator ever. How was he in the ring? I haven't really seen him in the ring. I haven't seen a lot of him. I mentioned to somebody 
on the NXT roster. I won't say who, but they were like, oh, what should I use as like a finish? And I said, X-Pac spin kick is a move that could get over really well today, the way that he twisted his body. And somebody said, I think Brennan Williams, who is now Dio Madden, is using that. If he's using that at his size, Jesus Christ, he's got to have some sort of versatility. But I've never seen the move, never seen a ton of his work, at least since Uh he left Booker T's school. Yeah, and I was going to say that was one of Booker's moves. Maybe he's going to do an axe kick too. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. Okay. NWA, so I guess they're replacing Jim Cornette with Stu Bennett. Wade Barrett, is that the the situation? Yeah, it seems so. I think you could do a lot worse than that. I saw somebody suggest maybe they should have went with Don West. I thought that would be a good idea. Don West. He's all right. Don West is really good, and he picks up stuff very quickly. And then I had somebody on the Q&A show say, oh, what do you think Stu Bennett's future in wrestling is? I don't think he has one unless he's sitting at that booth, and he looks at that, and he says, you know what? I miss it. I think that's about it because he's not wrestled since WWE. He's just done appearances and stuff. Uh, Is he based in the U.S.? I'm not sure. I'll have to look um, because I I don't have a big frame of reference for that because he doesn't work anymore. He doesn't wrestle anymore. And I know that he did the uh, Defiant What Culture shows back in the day, like worked them, didn't work, didn't wrestle in them. Uh But, you know, you want to talk about a guy who could fit really well in the NWA. He's one. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I, I'm curious to know where he's based because if they're flying him into Atlanta from England, you know what I'm saying? I would want some Not entering very, happening there if that were the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm just very curious. Now, the other thing I want to ask you about the NWA, so the episode of Power has aired now where the Rock and Roll Express won the NWA tag team titles. What are your thoughts on a promotion like the NWA, which is this fledgling company using YouTube to try to draw viewership, hoping that that can translate into a television deal? What are your thoughts on them at this stage going with the nostalgia play? Uh, because I don't think that's a decision I would have made if I was booking the show. But what were your thoughts on that? It eliminates a lot of that gritty, realistic aspect that we've seen out of the NWA to have a couple 60-year-olds, whether, regardless of the circumstances, winning those titles. I think that that it, it eliminates a lot of that. You know, I don't want to say realistic because, come on, it's it's pro wrestling. Everybody's, almost everybody is kind of clued in on, on what's happening. But them winning the titles... Ah, man. And, and hey, can can Ricky Morton still go? Yeah, he sure can. But, ah, do they, they, they can barely leave the ground when they do the double drop kick. <laughs> I mean, the way, I, the way I look at it is WWE, you know, they get crapped on for doing nostalgia stuff with Attitude Era guys, you know, like yeah. Steve Austin or whoever. The Rock and Roll Express come from like 15 years before that. Yeah, And so if you think about it in those terms, yeah, WWE will do it to try to pop a rating. The people that they're trying to draw when WWE does it are still within that 18 to 49 demo. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that watch the Rock and Roll Express in 85, Sean, yeah. that's not the demo that you want to draw from when you're trying to turn your YouTube show into a television deal, rights fee deal, you know, whatever their end game is. I just don't understand. I can understand that they're probably thinking, oh, this will get us some attention, having the Rock and Roll Express win. Sure, but is that the kind of attention you want? Is that the kind of attention that's going to translate to a TV deal? I don't think so. And and again, I would love to know the demographic breakdown because I bet you you had 60-year-olds 
watching them win those titles well, because that's the people that watched them 35 years ago. I can tell you their demographic at WrestleCade this past weekend was that age group. There were a lot of people that age group there. And exactly. I get it. You can tell the story of the Rock and Roll Express winning these tag titles. Uh, I mean, my God, I think the first time they won them, th- this version was like 95 or something like that. And then they won the old version, the, like Mid-Atlantic, well before that. <laughs> actually had a friend uh, of me and Jeremy's who works for another wrestling website. Had some unfortunate luck with his lady friend. They broke up over WrestleCade, and I was like, well, good news for you, buddy. There's a lot of 60 to 65-year-old women that aren't going to be able to leave <laughs> with Ricky and Robert tonight. So you got your pick of the litter. And uh, <laughs> there were a lot of them. There were a lot That's... of them. That that that's that's terrifying. Uh-huh. So, uh, Chris Joseph, he's already done with MLW, going back to WWE. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think that effectively, hopefully, puts the knife in the heart of Lucha Underground. That company's oh, yeah. dead. It's yeah. done now. Yeah. And when yeah. I would reach out to Chris Joseph about questions, he's like, "Listen, I'm only there when they're filming. I'm only there as a writer." Yada yada. We can put the stake in the heart of Lucha Underground. It was so cool when it started, but they used very shitty practices to extend the seasons and extend contracts and keep people locked up. It's time to move on. It was a fun concept. It was it was something that got a lot of people noticed. I mean, my God, Ricochet got noticed largely because of that. Luchasaurus got noticed because of that. Eva Lise reinvigorated her career and got a shot there. And Helico in the States got noticed there. Jeff Cobb, a big part of Jeff Cobb, was Lucha Underground. It's gone. I like Krista Joseph going back. But I think back to all the stuff that he told me in our interviews when he said that 99% of his ideas didn't get through. Uh-huh. I think that he would be a good fit for NXT. I think that he is very good with character work. And I think that that would be a great person to have in NXT. Have they have they um, made it clear where he's going, or not? It's too early for any uh, of that. I don't know, but I will ask. <laughs> and MLW, he was there for like a month. So was this a situation where he started there, and then WWE came calling with an offer? It seems to be basically. happening an awful lot with MLW people, right? Tony Schiavone mm. is signed there, and mm-hmm. AEW snatches him up. Uh, Bruce Pritchard has a deal there, and then he's like, ah, can't do this anymore. Then he's in uh-huh. WWE right after. Uh, uh-huh. Lucha Brothers were supposed to be signed through this year. They're in AEW. Shane Strickland was supposed to have a contract. He hits the bricks. WWE. So that's why I take it with a bit of a grain of salt whenever I hear this person's joined. They've signed for this long. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's yep. gone. Remember what I used to tell you about the contracts weren't worth the, the paper they were written on? In situations like that, yeah, well, it's kind of this kind of true. Paper, buddy. <laughs> yeah, uh, WWE Network. Why are they suspending hidden gems? I'm assuming maybe it just wasn't popular enough. It wasn't drawing the kind of viewership they wanted. I mean, the thing is, it got a lot of like underground buzz on Twitter. But what does that really equate to? I don't know. I think they'll bring right. it back eventually. Uh, it's it's a popular feature, at least among the circles that I run in. But I don't know what that that relates to as far as as the masses. I can't really yeah, pretend yeah, yeah. to know that because I don't know everybody's viewing habits. And I, quite frankly, I can't remember the last time I tuned into a Hidden Gems. I'm so bogged down with other content that I have mm. to review. I can't remember the last time I checked that out. It's been a while for me too. I, I, at first, it was kind of a fun novelty. 
Good but stuff. it wore off, and yeah, it is. It is. I mean, a lot of it I'd already seen before on YouTube or Daily Motion or whatever, and, yeah. and so after a while, it, that's kind of uh, lose its luster. I want to ask you about this one. Uh, so we've talked about Kelly Klein before with Ring of Honor. Uh, something about how she was making twenty grand a year, or or yeah. she wanted twenty grand a year, whatever it was. Tommaso Ciampa did an interview on Lillian Garcia's podcast, and he said that when he worked for Ring of Honor, Joe Hoff, who's the CEO. Cough, sorry, is he CEO or COO? COO. Tommaso Ciampa claims that he told him uh, that nobody would ever pay him more than 20000 a year in a guaranteed salary. Uh, and obviously now we see where Ciampa's at and we, and we see how he's doing. He said at the time he had a day job uh, and he saw that there were other guys at Ring of Honor that were making a go of it full time because of the deals they were being offered by Ring of Honor. When he was told by uh, Joe Coff, you're never going to, you know, no one's going to offer you more than 20 grand. He found it disheartening because he thought, I'm going to have to keep a day job kind of thing. It sounds like this is kind of the mentality that they're still at now with, uh, what's the guy's name again? Gilliland? Greg Gilliland. And hearing that exact $20,000 figure, now I kind of understand where he learned it from. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's, that's and it, real rough. That's real rough. It's pretty bad. I mean, I, in in Canada, the minimum wage is uh, at least in Ontario fourteen dollars an hour, and if you you know put that over the course of an entire year, you're looking at more than that. And I realize that these guys are not they're not on the road two hundred days a year in Ring yeah. of Honor. I get it, but they want to make a full time go of what they do in order to get the training in, you're risking injury, all the kind of things that they're doing. You know what reminds me of do you remember the story about Taylor Wilde at Sunglass Hut? Yeah, I do remember that. If anyone hasn't heard the story, Taylor Glad Taylor Wilde worked for uh TNA Impact. Uh she had to have a day job at Sunglass Hut in order to make ends meet and some when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But he recognized her when she was serving them at Sunglass Hut. They recognized her as TNA superstar Taylor Wilde. So she quit her job because she was you know, obviously embarrassed with the situation. You're going to have the same thing in Ring of Honor if they're going to be offering guys twenty grand a year on a contract. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people – I don't want to say a lot of people. I know some people in Ring of Honor that do hold down a day job. Some people, sure. But see, the thing is there are a couple of people that prefer that. There, I've talked to a couple of people that like keeping their day job. And they get to keep that schedule. I've talked to several people in Ring of Honor that are very happy about the fact that they work far less dates than they would otherwise. And they still get to make a pretty solid living, especially considering a few factors. One, Ring of Honor is desperate to keep their stars. They've got to keep mm -hmm. their stars. Have to. Um, also, there are more prime positions available in Ring of Honor right now. Uh, Jay Lethal, for example, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't talked to him. But he's worked 37 Ring of Honor dates this year. 37. This year? This year. And we're in December? 37, which means he'll probably end up working, ah, I don't know, 45 maybe if they, if they get busy at the end of the That's year. That's crazy. That's like three a month. Exactly. That's crazy. Uh, the year before, he worked uh, 55, and that includes the New Japan joint shows, and that seems about right. But if you can make a full-time living working 55 wrestling dates, 
Jimmy, I interviewed a guy. Somebody asked about us doing more indie interviews. I got three really good ones coming up. Uh, there's a guy named Chris Michaels who has a great story. He's wrestled everywhere for years. There's a guy named Larry D who, if you all watch the Impact streams, you've probably seen here and there. He is a 34-year-old guy who wrestles 200-plus independent dates a year. Uh-huh. You mean to tell me that a guy like that wouldn't just love to work like 50 dates and make full-time money? I'm sure he would. The different different I... things for different people. And, and yeah, Chompa's no, you're even, right. Chompa's even talked about how they've had to discuss, hey, maybe he works 40 dates a year for 10 years instead of 200 dates for the next four years type of thing. But I guess but, I'd want to know what kind of money Jay Lethal makes. That that's know? a good point because I don't have any information about that. Yeah. But to say that to somebody, regardless of who they are, especially like a Ta- Tommaso Champa though, to say nobody will pay you more than twenty thousand dollars. Uh-huh. As somebody who I, I negotiate salaries with our writers, I hire people, I fire people. I can't imagine ever saying that to somebody. Because Jimmy, there was a there was a time when somebody said to me, You'll never get paid more than eight hundred dollars a month to write wrestling news or to fish really? wrestling news. Yes. Can we can we can we go back to those days? Uh you fucking wish. But <laughs> I had that told to me not too long before I got on at Wrestling Inc. or I got f- hired by Fightful. I couldn't imagine saying that to somebody like this is the maximum amount you're worth. Yeah, I, no. That is such a a toxic environment to create. Yeah, and, and I'm sure Koff was probably using it as a as a short arm negotiation tactic. Yeah. Uh, but you have to look at it from a morale standpoint when you're saying stuff like that because now your employee essentially now thinks that you think that he's a bag of crap. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's it, you got to be more careful. I mean, I deal with negotiations and stuff all the time. I deal with people asking for raises when maybe they haven't earned it, and uh, never would I say, "Well, I'm not giving you that because you you, you know you're not worth it." Never. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So and it, it shows a, a true lack of loyalty. A, a true yeah. You know what else it shows? You know what else it shows? It shows that Sinclair again. People think that Sinclair, oh, Ring of Honor's got all this money behind them. It again shows that Sinclair has Ring of Honor on a shoestring budget, as we've long talked about. Yeah. And uh, it's not like Sinclair is a billion-dollar company that's just going to open the vault for Ring of yeah. Honor. They haven't done that at all. And uh, Ring of Honor, you know, they have to turn a profit based on what they're given. And uh, we talked about what a challenge has been for them. And I've said this a few times: of all the wrestling companies, MLW, Impact, all the you know tier three, so to speak, companies, Ring of Honor is the one that uh, I think is going to be in, in the most trouble. Yeah. Out of all of those motions. So, there are a lot of people that have to operate on a shoestring budget and have to use short arm negotiation tactics, but you don't have to use short dick negotiation tactics with your shoestring budget because bluechew.com gives you bluechew for free when you use that code FIFL. Just pay $5 shipping. That's it. Bluetooth brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, which have worked for decades. 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 Whether you're working 40 dates a year or 200 dates a year, Blue Chew has you covered. You get prescribed online. It ships straight to your door. You do need a prescription, but you don't have to go to your local doctor to get it done. You don't have to have old Doc leaning out the door saying, Sup, man. Here to talk to you about your dick. No. Instead, it's your mailman 
bringing you this package discreetly. It's prescribed online. It ships straight to your door. Works a lot better. Works a lot faster because it's chewable. It gets into your system faster. You can take it on a full stomach or an empty stomach. You know those meals are a little bit more unpredictable around the Hollywood season. You don't know when they're going to come. You don't know when they're going to go. But you'll know when you're going to come and when you're going to go. Thanks to BlueChew.com. Code Fightful. Get your penis extremely hard and make it extremely effective and last as long as you want because of BlueChew.com code Fightful. Hit them up at BlueChew on Twitter and let them know that you heard about the concept of erect penises first from me. You know, my five-year-old daughter is at the stage in her life now where any word she hears that she doesn't understand, she's very quick to ask you what that means. Yeah. I'm very glad that she is not currently in the room listening to that promo because that would basically wipe out my entire night trying to explain to her what the hell Sean just said. Yeah. So. Yeah. There you go. Very happy she wasn't in there for that. Awesome. I want to ask you about WWE 2K. What's going on over there? It sounds like uh, they're imploding. Is there going to be a, a you know, a, a next year's release? It's a trash fire, Jimmy. Apparently. Apparently. There's a, there's a guy who used to work on the SmackDown vs. Raw series who claims that there are budget cuts and that there are people just leaving because they don't want the stench of this attached to them. I think that right now is the best possible time for a 3D alternative to develop. Now, there apparently Ukes is working on something. Uh, Kenny Omega has teased that there's video game news for AEW that will uh-huh. emerge before the end of the year. I don't know if they're connected. I love Fire Pro Wrestling World. I love it. It's awesome. Uh, I think that Retromania, that upcoming game, which is like uh-huh. the, the spiritual successor to WrestleFest, I think it's a cool idea. But there will always be an appetite for a simulation-based game, 3D style, and right now is the time. If you can't get AEW, get somebody together and and get MLW, Impact, Ring of Honor to agree to some sort of thing to put their stars in there. You got to do something because the game that released this year is a garbage fire. It's so bad, Jimmy, and people were able to dig deep and find files from 2K18 that were in the game really? that they didn't even rename. They were too uh, either lazy or inept or just strapped on time. They couldn't even rename them. So they went backwards. Mm-hmm. This game sucks, Jimmy. <laughs> well, aside from the fact that you have a cameo in it. My God. That part's pretty cool. Obscene. Obscene. Have you gotten any royalty payments for that? No, I've not. I don't get royalty payments for anything. We didn't get them for the the vice gimmick. We never get them. Yeah, when, we never, uh, yeah, that. Never get them when USA uses our stuff. Meanwhile, we just put the name that vaguely resembles a show that's going on, and we get flagged for copyright shit and lose out on hundreds of dollars. What the hell? Whatever. I know. Automated filters. Whatever. Okay, so even though we don't have the, the, the nice little video intro, we're going to do Stupid People. Maybe this Sean wants to sing song. it. I've got, you the, I've got the guitar over there. Do you want me to play it? Stupid People's what this segment's called. Do you want to continue it? No, I'm good. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so we were going to talk about this. Uh, I said we were going to talk about this this week. I forgot that I was going to be on vacation, so we're doing a bit of a, a shorter show. Uh, I've been thinking about eliminating the Stupid People segment 
because, you know, eventually everything runs its course. And so I kind of questioned if the segment is doing us more harm than good. Uh, our viewership numbers, you know, some weeks they're, they're in, at, at the level where I wanted to be. Some weeks they're below. I know in general WWE popularity has dropped off a little bit, and that Huge. affects our numbers too. Huge. Yeah, and that affects our numbers too. So I've been on the fence. Is it becoming redundant or is it still fun? I still like doing it. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not so attached to it that if – majority wants it gone, I'm going to have an issue with that. Mm-hmm. I'll do whatever the majority wants. So I was thinking maybe we could do a poll on Sean's Twitter because Sean's Twitter has a hell of a lot more uh, followers than I do. Maybe we'll do a poll on Sean's Twitter and give it like a week maybe and whatever the majority says, maybe we'll go with it. But continue posting in the YouTube comments. Last week, all, I think all but like two said that they love it. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you've heard about the whole the silent majority. You know what I'm saying, Sean? Yes. Maybe maybe the haters just aren't posting about it. So uh, maybe we'll do a, we'll do a poll on Sean's Twitter. Continue posting on the YouTube comments. Let us know if you want us to keep stupid people or can stupid people, and then we will uh, consider it. I'll throw All up right? I'll throw up a once a month option too. Yeah, maybe we could try that too. We'll try different options. So, but I have it this week. Unfortunately, I don't have any media because I don't have you know the technical ability to get that done. Yeah. But. Uh, I still got three good ones, Sean. So this first okay. one, reported by Fox 4 Kansas City on November 30th. There's a, a man out of Jackson County, Kansas. His name, and this is real, his name is Keith McCracken. Yeah. And he was he was arrested for driving a stolen SUV while en route to the local jail to bail out his brother named Eric McCracken, who had been arrested a few hours earlier. Okay? So Keith. Arrested for driving a stolen SUV while going to the jail to pick up his brother, uh, Eric, who had been uh, arrested a few hours earlier. Why was Eric arrested? Impersonating his brother. For driving a stolen SUV. They both drove stolen SUVs. Did they steal One them at the same arrested. time? Uh, they, were, they were caught hours apart. I don't know if they stole them at the same time, but they were caught hours apart. Yeah. And so they both face a bunch of the exact same charges. That's fantastic. Basically. You seem yep. surprised by the McCracken name. I've heard that in baseball a couple of times. Oh, have you really? Yeah, there was a player okay. named Quentin McCracken in the 90s. Oh, it's just kind of a cool name to me. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's unique. This next one, this is reported by Asian News International on December 3rd. So get this one, Sean. There's a farmer, and I wish I had the photo because this is the kind of story where you need the photo. I don't have it. Maybe I'll uh, show it to you next week. There's a farmer in a village in India, and he needed to protect his crops from monkeys. Monkeys were getting into his crops. What did he do to try to protect his crops from monkeys? He shit all over them, but then he didn't realize that monkeys throw shit. So they just picked it up and threw it back at him. Fair, fair. So uh, he has a dog, and uh, by the pictures I saw, I think it might be a golden retriever. Okay? He has a golden retriever. He painted his golden retriever to look like a tiger. (laughs) Uh, That's good. He was convinced that was going to work. Now, according to the story, the farmer claims it's working. He claims it's working. He claims he puts the dog out there a couple times a day and the monkeys run. My opinion is you would have had the same thing whether you painted the poor dog up or not. You know, letting the dog run out into the field a couple times a day. The monkeys are probably going to scurry. You know what I mean? I love it. But you should you should see the pictures. The pictures of this dog look exactly as you would expect they do of a guy in India painting up a golden retriever. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So maybe next week I'll try to get those for you. Oh, this man. last one, I still have SRS file, Sean, even though I'm on location. SRS file reported by The Guardian on November 22. So we're back to India because all this shit always happens in India, China, or Florida. So we're back to India, the city of Patna okay, in India. The government there banned something hoping to combat the severe decline in air quality levels. Masturbation. <laughs> That's going to – masturbation is affecting the air quality levels? Well, no, but this segment is called Stupid People. So Okay, okay, okay. No, so what they banned is pissing off local street food vendors, all right? Wait, wait, you wait, wait. they banned pissing off local street food vendors? No, the, what they banned has upset okay. local street food vendors. I kind now, of now wish that, you know that, that that was what they banned, though. You're not allowed to piss off local <laughs> yeah. street food vendors. They're ruining the air quality. <laughs> no, so what they banned is the ability to burn cow shit. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Lots of methane street, there. Street food vendors believe that burning cow shit makes the food taste better. So they would put it in with like charcoal under the grill, and they're convinced that it added to the flavor of the food. They're convinced that that is what makes dishes popular at their at their. At I their accidentally whatever. locked my cat in the living room the other day and came back with some uh, Subway. My wife goes, "Open up the door," and I about did a back bump when I opened that door. The cat had shit in there. I okay. came upstairs to eat. I wasn't even gonna eat or eat in there, and then. Like an hour later, it it like the smell went away after cleaning it. I'm not dealing with burning stuff too. Get out of here. Would you burn the cat shit in order to make your food taste better? No. No, no. And here's the thing that really kills me about this story. Patna, according to Greenpeace, is the seventh most polluted city in the world. Oh. In the world. The seventh most polluted. And one of the reasons – not the only one, but one of the reasons is because they burn cow shit. Yeah. It's like what? You've got methane in it, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah, among other things. Okay, a few more things uh, to wrap up our condensed version of uh, of Listen You Boy. A couple things about New Japan Pro Wrestling I want to ask you about. In the past, did Kenny Omega not suggest – he didn't come straight out and kind of say it that I know of. But did he not suggest that New Japan had a hand in his uh, almost inability to get into the country – to work for DDT. Did he not kind of suggest New Japan had a hand in that? Sorry, I muted myself. I feel like it was implied, but I don't know if he referenced that. I think that he just said, one day the story will come out and it's crazier than the one being told right now. And from what I remember, he didn't exactly shoot down the rumors or the speculation. Right. Felt like he was fueling them a little bit. It did, but you know, yeah. it's easy for us to say that, and it's also yeah. easy for him to come out and say, "Ah, I never said that." Yeah, well, now he claims that New Japan wasn't aware of his travel issues in Japan. He claims they weren't aware of it; that had nothing to do with it. And I, I heard that, and I thought, "Hmm, seems like you suggested otherwise." Because obviously, he wasn't getting bookings by them, and there's this little the heat going on with AEW a little bit, and so it kind of came off like he was suggesting that their heat with him or with the Bucks or whatever contributed to this uh, but that's what he just kind of said now the other thing i want to ask about harold Mige, he's the boss of uh, new japan he did an interview with fox sports he said in that interview or he suggested in that interview anyway that 
when New Japan America does their shows, they're going to be doing uh, joint matches with Ring of Honor. What are your thoughts on that? Because I don't know if, you know, advertising PCO is going to really do much for you. It's dumb. You know? It's yeah, I, I just I don't I, I still don't understand. It's almost like they, they continue to have this partnership with Ring of Honor just because they almost feel like they would be uh, what's the word? Well, you know, going okay. with a or with Ring of Honor, I mean, going with AEW when they're mad at the Bucks and Omega. It almost sounds like out of spite that they're continuing on with Ring of Honor. First off, I just want to say a couple things. I hate using this term, but New Japan cucked Ring of Honor. Like they're starting up an uh, American promotion. What the mm. hell are you doing, ROH? The the reason why you all didn't get to keep Cody in the box is because you all couldn't work together to do dual contracts. Well, I would speculate that Ring that New Japan didn't want to do a dual contract because they knew they were starting their own American promotion and didn't want to deal with Ring of Honor. Plus, I don't know why you would work with Ring of Honor over Impact even at this point, let alone AEW. Look at look at who Impact has. Impact has more prime names than Ring of Honor does at this point. I like Dalton Castle. I like Jay Lethal. I like Shane Tazel, Taylor and the Briscoes. That's what they got. I and also a lot of this is contingent on if they if they're going to do any women's matches in New Japan U.S. Because if you're doing that, then you definitely would want to work with Impact. But oh my god, I thought they were finally rid of that relationship. I thought they were done with it, but. I just don't think it's, it's an interesting thing. Well. I mean, I, I respect the loyalty, you know, yeah. but at the same time, Harold Mize does not have that loyalty. No, because he's he's coming late into the game. Yeah. So from a business perspective, I don't know why you don't go. And again, maybe he feels like I have to swallow my pride a little bit because these guys left us, you know. Yeah. But from a business perspective, that's the relationship you want from a yeah. business perspective uh, in the U.S. And so, uh, yeah, if if they're if they're not doing that relationship out of spite. Then maybe they're in the wrong business. Yeah, you know, I I, I see that. Couple more things, uh, Dana Brooke Batista. Is this all some kind of an elaborate social media work? I don't care. I hope it. I hope it's awesome. I want to. I I pitched a video idea to Anna Bauert where we read their tweets back and forth to each other. But she oh, is, yeah. but, but she is Batista and I'm Dana. Okay, <laughs> that could be interesting. That yeah. could be interesting. I might want to see how that plays out. Yeah, I, I, think I think it's brilliant. I think it's funny. I really like Batista. He seems like a really good dude, really down-to-earth yeah. guy. Uh, but I saw the uh, – I don't know if it was the Chronicle or whatever, the, the documentary about his return at WrestleMania. And I just – I couldn't help but feel for him a little bit because he, he came off like he's really lonely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and so, the thing uh, is everybody that I hear likes Dave Batista. He, like, he seems like the greatest guy. He does. Yeah, like I don't hear people say, you know what? I don't like dealing with Batista. I've never liked no. dealing with – I don't hear anybody saying that. No, uh, he seems like a good dude. And, and I remember he did uh, – when he did the interview with Chris Van Vliet a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been for 007. And uh, Chris was trying to get in the wrestling questions. And you know, you always have the guy off to the side that's going to well, cut you off. That was this year for was that? The, the, the movie that he did, Stuber. Uh, no, that maybe that was a different one, but he did one when he was promoting 007. Yeah. Uh, because this is when he hadn't come back yet, and he wanted to come oh, back. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in 2015, right? and yeah. Yeah, Respect and and the, the the person off camera is telling uh, Chris no more wrestling questions because that's what they do. Yeah. And Batista himself looked at the person off camera and said, "No, I want to take 
some more. Like he was really good about the whole and, thing. Because you know? he's smart and he knows that that will get more eyeballs on the movie that he's promoting. Right. Because quite frankly, uh, for example, no disrespect to Chris Jericho, I skipped the chapters in his book about Fozzie. Not that interested in it. But if he does an interview where he mixes in Fozzie with wrestling stuff, I'm more prone to listen to it. I'm more likely to listen to it. Dave Batista is not a dummy. He knows that more people are going to watch his movie if they find out about it because of a wrestling interview. It's more likely to happen anyway. I mean, that's why The Rock shifted his focus. You know, when he left wrestling, he lost a whole bunch of weight. He was doing all these movies that didn't quite fit his persona or his, or, or his character. Yeah. Uh, wasn't happy with where he was going. Called Vince McMahon to kind of vent his frustration. Vince McMahon introduced him to a new uh, to a new agent. I think it was that Ari guy's company. Uh, and they basically told Rock, everything that you had been told by your previous management about you want to distance yourself from wrestling you want to drop weight so you don't look like the rock yeah they were saying embrace that fan base that fan base is what basically brought you to the dance with the scorpion king and that's exactly what he did then he went back to wrestling and he gained all the muscle back and look what happened to him he got everything from fast and furious franchise to gi joe to everything else so uh, you should absolutely embrace it he's the biggest star there is right i mean look look at it we talk about his movies that quote unquote bombed Baywatch did 177 million. That's like uh-huh. as bad as it gets for him. We were talking about Skyscraper last year. It did 300 million dollars. How much of that was done in China? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I think I think Dwayne Johnson needs to look for uh, dual citizenship and 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 get hooked up with China because they love him. They do. They do. You know? and yeah. He's, he's a he's maybe the biggest male star in the world right now. Oh, he has been. He has yeah. been for for at least the last two years. And now he can, he's off making movies with uh, about Paige that make money hand over fist too. For the love of God, so, how did uh, it do? I didn't really hear much about that one. Uh, I think they had like an eleven, twelve million dollar budget, and it made about forty million. It made that much forty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's one of the more successful films that WWE okay, has okay. ever been uh, like attached to. But Batista, I've always. I- Batista is doing that too. He started I remember when he started off, he was in that really terrible Rob Van Dam movie. Have you ever seen that? Wrong side no. of town. Oh, it's garbage. No. It's bad. But now he's in James Bond. He's in the Kickboxer sp- series. He's in the Escape Plan series. He's in like Dune and like all this stuff, Hotel Artemis and Avengers and Blade Runner and all that stuff. Like he's in some really cool stuff now. Cool. Uh, last thing, Seamus. So what's the word on his physical condition? He's coming back. I thought that he had a potentially career-ending injury. What's the situation? Well, I was told actually in uh, the course of the interview that I did – I told you I was doing those indie interviews. Uh, yep. And that, that little girl that I had put in touch with Becky Lynch earlier this year, her dad's actually a pro wrestler who coached at the Performance Center earlier this year. And he told me that Seamus was in the ring like in April – Working mm. matches with Kona Reeves during in-house performance center shows. So uh, that's something we had reported on FightfulSelect.com. And that information only came out over the course of the guy putting over Kona Reeves for making Shannon's mm. look like really, really good and, and bumping all over for him. Okay. Uh, I, ha- I had been told at some point earlier this summer that Seamus had like leaned out a lot and gotten in incredible shape. So – Hey, I'm glad to see him back, and uh, they did the smart thing, Jimmy. They put him on the brand that Cesaro is on. 
I noticed. That way, yep. if they ever need to go there, they can go there. Yep. Good. Good. I haven't seen Sheamus in six months. So I'm ready to see him. Hope, he, hope he's got something new about him. Yeah, me too, because he looks exactly the same. Yes. You know? So, yeah, we'll see. But uh, I, I always – I like Sheamus. I thought Sheamus was cool. He wasn't meant to be a main eventer necessarily. Yeah. But uh, I always thought he was cool, and I agree with you. Putting him on the brand with Cesaro was the smart move because, like you said, they got that in their back pocket if they need it. And, uh, I mean, his best days are behind him. He's had title matches at WrestleMania. He's beaten John Cena. He's had his title runs. Uh, and right. I, I'm ready to see where it goes from here. And I, last year, I had people in WWE telling me that they felt like they'd be lucky to get a, another WrestleMania out of him. I hope he's feeling great. I hope he wrestles for a long Long time more. Agreed. All right, that's all I got for you, man. We made it through. Guys, subscribe to From- FightfulSelect.com. We're going to do a bit of a makeup show. Um, you will get early access to the Listen Your Boy Collector's Edition. Jimmy and I have some intros to film in the coming weeks for that, and we're going to put something together. But subscribers of FightfulSelect.com will see that early. I'll be doing a lot of makeup and bonus shows over the holidays because I don't want our subscribers to get anything less than what they paid for. So keep your eye out for all that stuff. FightfulSelect.com. Check out our our Raw and SmackDown reviews. I know that, quite frankly, nobody cares about Raw anymore. It's the second most viewed show, and it's reflected in our post-show ratings. But the other show is on a Friday, and nobody watches that anyway. It's at the point our Wednesday shows are blowing everything out of the water, Jimmy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I was telling Sean a week or two ago, I told him, listen, your boy now is beating our Raw yeah. review. Yeah, no. You know? Raw is the B show for interest in general. And quite frankly, I think it's almost the C or D show as far as our audience's interest. Because mm. Fightful does have one. It's got a more broad female viewership than a lot of other wrestling websites. And – we have a much younger viewer base than a lot of wrestling websites. And quite frankly, I, I just don't think the interest is there for Raw like it has been. But God damn it, we're still there. And what does it say <laughs> to you, Jimmy, that me and Denise talking about wrestling entrance themes for 10 minutes by far got the most reaction? People begging for a podcast about that. Nobody was talking about Raw. Everybody's like, hey, how about you and Denise just spend 30 more minutes talking about wrestling themes? Shows you where we're at right now. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll sing some uh, in one of these upcoming weeks. We do that enough. Save that for the <laughs> Patreon. Until next time, guys, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, comment. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.